0: Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I didn't chew fast enough. Hi, I'm Chris Pullman. (laughs) And
1: I'm Gloria Ackerman.
0: I'm chewing a mic and (laughs) Ike.
1: So I'll go on. This week we're doing number seven, Settling Debts, and number eight, The Moon is Not Blue. Are Thank we ready? You. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm good now.
1: Okay. That was settling, chewier than I thought. Settling Debts. We'll get right into it today. Okay. This week um, we start in the mess tent and they're telling um, Potter and Father McCahy are telling jokes and cleaner uh. brings the mail in and Colonel Potter sees a letter going to Hawkeye, but recognizes the handwriting. It's from his wife,
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: knows it's from his wife, and he's like, that letter's for me.
0: I know that's stationary. Nobody else in Missouri writes like that.
1: And that's his wife's writing. It's his wife's stationary, but the letter went to Pierce, and He's very curious and wants to know what it is, but Klinger won't share because it doesn't have his name on it. Mm -hmm. So gives it to um, Hawkeye, who goes away with it, Mm -hmm. finds out that Mrs. Potter saved her egg money and paid off their mortgage early. So they want Hawkeye and the gang to have a mortgage burning party um, for Potter without him knowing it, like a surprise Mm -hmm. mortgage burning party. Yep. And, um, so that's plot A. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Plot B is...
0: The lieutenant. The lieutenant from the security detail.
1: Oh, the, there's a lieutenant that's really nice. Like, his guys just love him.
0: What? How he, long had he been there? Two months? Three months? Yeah,
1: And but he's a, an entitled kid. That, But, no, but he, the guys back him up and say he's not. He, he's yeah. one of those rich kids that went to ROTC and... You know, got to be, mm-hmm. went right to lieutenant, but really cares for his men. Makes sure they're taken care of first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Always, like, by the book, good guy.
0: Yeah, in fact, you know, when they first arrive at the four double seventh, the lieutenant says to his, I'm just looking up the rank because I want to make sure I get it right. I think it's, um, it'd be like master sergeant, first sergeant, first sergeant. Because he had the little diamond inside of all of his stripes. Yes. That meant he would have been a first sergeant. Um, he, The lieutenant asked his, asks if his first sergeant, uh, do you think the men would like to get a, a warm meal here at, at the mess? And the sergeant says, yeah, it might be the last time they get to in a while. And, so, that's...
1: and, and the guy pointed out the 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 sergeant pointed out how the guys just loved him. It's mm-hmm. just it's not just a show. They yeah. actually take care of each other. It's teamwork. They all mm-hmm. work together and um
0: he was offered a cushy desk job in like Tokyo but he turned it down to actually
1: he wanted to work on the front. He wanted to work with his with the men and get things done. And is doing a great job except he goes out, gets hit. So one truck comes in with him wounded does not feel his legs didn't want his got the guys to know though mm-hmm. but doesn't feel his legs the next truck comes in another wounded and it is the sniper the actual guy that shot him they caught him um we'll talk about what happens with those two guys that's that's plot b so mm-hmm. um plot a though is the mortgage mm-hmm. and i don't know if you do that so much anymore mm-hmm. like where you just burn your mortgage. Like, I've seen it. You have. Mm-hmm. Okay. We when, we just never did anything. Yeah. Like, my
0: when my dad was a third owner of cabin up north when him and the other two owners paid it off finally. Yeah, they burned it. There's a, they have a picture. Yeah, of I think
1: it. we all went out to eat mm-hmm. when we paid it off.
0: But
1: mm-hmm. um, that's about it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I
0: mean. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to say I'm sure that when Laura and I pay off our house, there won't be a title to burn. I'm sure it'll all yeah, be electronic. Yeah, everything
1: will be electronic. There's, mm-hmm. it's just a different world we live in now. Yeah. Like we have all the papers and stuff, and I suppose we could have a burning party, mm-hmm. but eh.
0: yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, this this was definitely a thing up until it was. I remember at least my the parents. the turn of the millennia. Never so. had
1: a house payment actually, so <laughs> they um yeah every what? year when they got their taxes, they would do something to celebrate their house. Or mm-hmm.
0: so, yeah, you know, and it, it was interesting to watch. The whole senior staff. I'm going to use that term uh, to represent the majors, the captains, and Clinger. Right. Uh, Try to keep Potter busy while they were setting up his tent with a white picket fence and cake and booze while...
1: Cute cake, too. A little house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You have to watch it just for the cake.
0: Yeah. While um, also dealing with these wounded coming in.
1: But... Yeah, one thing to keep in mind is Winchester sat in there the whole time. Didn't have a job. So he drank booze while everyone <laughs> you, else was keeping Colonel Potter away. And you could tell at the bust. end because he was <laughs> mockered <laughs> You don't see him that no. toasted that often. No. Like usually he'll drink, you know, a sniffet of cognac yeah, or something. Sniff- and
0: most of the time when he gets bombed, it's for a reason. Like he's, you know, grumpy or weepy or whatever. But this, it was just.
1: Just, he just got, just, I think it just hit him. He was yeah. drinking
0: cheap booze. And... Oh, it was great. Because when Potter burns it, he just, oh,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. It was just
0: drunk Charles being dumb. And then at the end, everybody leaves except for Charles because he's passed out in the Colonel's bunk. <laughs> Which is funny. Uh,
1: but Potter the whole time was very leery. Like he, mm-hmm. you could see that he was worried. Is well, it medical? Is it something to worry about? What
0: what did he settle on? What did he what was he convinced? Well, he thought that
1: she bought a houseboat. Yeah. She took all their money and bought sold their house and bought a houseboat.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: like, We talked about getting a houseboat in Florida and she did it. She did it without me. She yeah. bought a houseboat. Yeah. It was very, very he believed it with all his heart that that's what she did, and he was upset. Yeah,
0: and um then you know what? What were some of the things that they did to try and keep him busy? Klinger was trying to keep him in the office.
1: Margaret redid her whole nurses roster. Yeah, with L's and ones and twos and A's and B's, and I it was ro- very confusing. A
0: rotation <laughs> schedule to try and make it more there fair. Could be
1: ones and twos, but never threes. The dreaded threes.
0: Um and then that failed and that was like the B. Yeah,
1: they plan. had A, B, and or was C, that A and, and then, they didn't have a D yeah, yet. Yeah, and,
0: and B was uh trying to get him to place a call to Hannibal Moe to talk to Mildred, but it wasn't really the operator in Hannibal Moe he was talking with. It, it was, was Margaret with a piece of carbon paper.
1: Hello, sir. What can I help you with?
0: She sounds like a banshee. Um.
1: I can't hear you through all that static.
0: Yeah. And then finally Margaret took him over. I think it was to Father Mulcahy's tent. It could have been an exercise tent. But then he was going on a, like a, I don't know what to call it. A rhythm bag? Yeah.
1: To go, To go, to go, to go,
0: to go, 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 to go. But now he's
1: grumpy and sweaty. I'm
0: going to my tent. towel off get out of my way but but then they he gets there and he they show him the the mortgage and give him a new uh gold i'm guessing you know like brass gold plated lighter and he burns it and it's cool um but then it, it was it was the funny plot because the b plot was this first sergeant and another sergeant and i think a corporal from this lieutenant's unit who came to mash with the enemy soldier and the sergeant for you know basically forced the doctors because he was of an age if not older than them keep in mind the lieutenant was young the sergeant was like doc you gotta tell me i care for this kid is he is he okay well there's some pressure on the spine is he gonna walk again he might and then the sergeant went to the other two and said I know about you, but if the lieutenant doesn't walk out of here,
1: neither will this sniper.
0: hmm And so then, when they brought him out and he was the lieutenant was on his side, they told the nurse to step away from the pay the other patient and. Bur- um,
1: I think they thought he just looked. You know, when you get out of surgery, you mm-hmm. look. Yeah, you look
0: bad. You know,
1: he was on his side. They Mm -hmm. didn't know if he was going to walk or not. Mm -hmm. They were very concerned for him and decided, one for one, I'm taking the sniper's life. He shot my buddy, Mm -hmm. I'm shooting him.
0: And the lieutenant woke up just in time to order the sergeant, put Put your your guns away." away. But the point I really would like to bring up out of that situation was what the sergeant said in response to something that I think it was what BJ said, because they had the lieutenant there, the other patient there, they drew guns in the hospital, and the sergeant was going to shoot the prisoner. And I think it was BJ who said, that's murder. And what did the sergeant say?
1: What did he say?
0: It wouldn't have been murder if I had better aim the first time. Yes. This is an interesting point that I think we whitewash from war. In war, it's not murder when you kill...
1: In defense.
0: It, yeah, when you kill the enemy. At least not, like, in terms of war. For your own personal morals, yes, it probably is. But for in, in terms of war, it's not. You're killing an enemy combatant, not a person. But they're in the hospital, to the doctors, this was murder.
1: That's a person.
0: That's a person. To the sergeant, he was still an enemy combatant. Hmm. And it's just a distinction because I remember in one of my classes in college when you see propaganda films, which the United States had in World War Two, right. they dehumanized the enemy. They dehumanized the Germans, the Italians, the Japanese, because in order to kill another human You have to You cannot think of them as another human. Right. You have to separate your humanity from that person, or else you can't do it. And it's just interesting that it was brought up in that way because what did the lieutenant do? He, he pulled his men back,
1: holster that gun, or put your gun away.
0: Yeah, from committing murder because this enemy combatant was defenseless. Right. It was not self-defense. It would have been cold-blooded murder.
1: But would they have brought charges?
0: I don't know. I Probably. Don't I don't either. Probably executing an enemy soldier probably i'm sure there's some sort of regs against that yeah Um, interesting fact though yeah you know uh i think that's actually it because we don't
1: there's just the two plots um that one was pretty deep though Mm -hmm. i mean you think about it um yeah Yeah. potter finally found out it was his mortgage and he was happy that no one was dying or anything yeah so
0: um yeah i think so uh one little goof after potter finds out about his paid off mortgage he thinks back to telling his wife that there was housing for rent on the base base housing is not rented by servicemen or women base housing is a benefit for married, enlisted men, and officers. There are also Bachelor Officer Quarters BOQs. So there's that. Guest stars, recurring cast. We have Jeff East as Lieutenant Pavlich, Guy Boyd as Sergeant Lally, Michael Bond as Captain Hobart, Michael Lamont as Corporal, Jack McCulloch as Soldier, and Jennifer Davis Westmore as the Nurse. So
1: what did they give him for a title of the guy playing the leader lieutenant they do, okay they did say lieutenant
0: mm-hmm. yeah he was a lieutenant okay and uh, the his his sergeant they'll just list his sergeant he was a first sergeant based on his stripes okay. uh production code 1g23 writer writers were thad mumford and dan wilcox director was dan switzer original air date december 6 1982 Next, The Moon Is Not Blue, episode eight. Last one on the first disc. We are a third of the way through this last season. <laughs> All right, so it's a heat wave. Uh, seventh gets Sahara, a World War II film occurring in the Sahara Desert during, uh, during that campaign as their movie for the night, and it rubs a few people the wrong way, probably on their heat rash. Um, <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So Ban, there, there's this courier from Icor from the from the like um, movie division. I can't remember how they put it. Bannister, who delivered the movie. The captains talk to Bannister about getting a different movie. Uh, hilarity ensues, basically. Uh, but they try to get. A specific movie which is kind of apparently labeled smut because it was banned from being played in Boston which Charles points out to them uh, the people in Boston are so conservative they would ban anything <laughs> but they try to get it when a patient in post-op General Rothaker who I believe uh, oh has two stars which is important um tells Colonel Potter that the camp will be dry while he is there.
1: He could smell beer on someone's breath as he brought him in. Mm-hmm.
0: There are no official I-Corps um, bartenders. It is not officially I-Corps sanctioned. Colonel Potter tries to tell him, well, you know how it is, and the general says, no, I don't at all. This will be a dry camp. So, the, the captains turn their attention from booze to smut, And try to get the moon is blue. Uh, Hilarity ensues. And what ends up happening, uh, as a vehicle toward plot completion, the camp gets in a shipment of quote-unquote codeine. They're really just sugar pills, which they give some to Klinger, tell him that they are pills to help him keep cool. And they give some to Bannister, who is having social anxiety around women to the point where he can't talk. By the way,
1: this is great. You're gonna love this.
0: Corporal Bannister is played by Sandy Helberg. Why is this important? Sandy Helberg's son is Simon Helberg. Does that ring a bell to anyone? Me. <laughs> Why does it ring a bell?
1: He's on Big Bang. Who is he? He is, um.
0: Now you can't think of it, can you?
1: What is his name? Wallowitz. Wallowitz.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whose best friend it has. Social anxiety
0: around, around wi-
1: women.
0: So it's just an interesting tie to the Big Bang Theory. But anyway, they give some descend- uh, to uh to Corporal Bannister, and they tell him, this will help you with women.
1: When he gets very cocky.
0: And then these plots combine when they tell Bannister this, point out to him that he had the guts to talk to women all along, get him to switch The Moon is Blue, which they swindled through the clerk's network using Klinger uh to get banister to switch the labels on state fair and the moon is blue so that they would get the moon is blue however because
1: you had to be a general or higher to get with the Moon two is two
0: stars blue. with two stars or higher as it so happens they had a two-star general <laughs> in camp who makes a call and gets them the moon is blue however
1: they switched them
0: <laughs> so instead they get state fair <laughs>
1: But they finally do get to see the moon is blue.
0: And what was... They showed... (laughs) They
1: had more virgins in it than any other show they've ever seen.
0: Yep. (laughs) I'm just... I didn't look this up. so Pardon me while I do this. The moon is...
1: It says, uh, when they finally saw the moon is blue... It's all about virgins. Look at that. 1953,
0: The Moon is Blue. Two aging playboys are both after the same attractive young woman, but she fends them off by claiming that she plans to remain a virgin until her wedding night. Both men determine to find a way around her objections. Cast <laughs> William Holden, David Niven, Maggie McNamara.
1: Great Cat.
0: Tom Tully, Don Adams, Fortunio Bonanova, Gregory Ratoff.
1: Okay, now I need to see
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that that's what it is. However, yeah. So, they do end up getting The Moon is Blue right at the end. It's the post-commercial scene. We're watching them watch The Moon is Blue. The captains have their, martini, their martinis. So I like martinis better. <laughs> so, martinis, and they're getting all of their vices all at once. Cool. But it's not what they expected.
1: Nope.
0: All right. Um, I I kind of breezed through that all. What, what else about this?
1: Well, Potter felt terrible that he had to take the booze away from everyone, because that's not how he runs camp. And I think that general should have taken into consideration, this isn't your camp. But
0: he and didn't. I, yeah, I had a problem with that, because from what I can tell, uh... From, from what I can tell, that was a combat general. If he was a combat general, he would have been in a different command structure than Colonel Potter. I don't think he technically could have ordered Colonel Potter to do what he did despite being... He's still being... a general,
1: though, so he's used to getting his way. He, he's...
0: he is, but like we've discussed in other episodes, technically Potter didn't have to.
1: Right, right, but... I you're gonna this guy's in camp until he gets better a week you know let's keep yeah. him happy and get him out of here
0: probably rather yeah. than tick
1: him off and keep him around
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but uh, you know it's, you, you have true. to play the
0: game that's true
1: so potter came into the bar said last rounds on me or this rounds on me and why because it it's your last, last one for a
0: while yep uh even the still is confiscated so yes. there's no still which I think they take really well, to be honest. Um, Considering
1: some other times it was taken away. and Yeah. I so, think they saw that Colonel Potter had no say in it. Yeah. Uh,
0: the Bannister's superior at I-Corps was Major Frankenheimer, who was played by Hamilton Camp, who I think we've seen um, in another episode where he was the the private... Who went crazy with the enemy glider where Klinger had to tackle him and he got a Section 8?
1: Yes. I oh. Think that, is that the he same went, guy? He, he's been in so many things. It's just okay. a, a
0: yeah.
1: kind of short little guy. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I think Mark's brother when I look at him for whatever reason. Yeah.
1: No, He. he's usually in a second. I know he was in a bunch of Will and Graces. Okay. Um, okay
0: which is coming back. Which is coming back Thursday.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: But, yeah, so uh, uh, Frankenheimer, Major Frankenheimer, when the captains go to him, he says, if you can get the film, I'll ship it to you the same day. And then he...
1: Went back on his word.
0: Because he said, the list is as long as whatever, and you have to be at least two stars to get it. But, um...
1: He thinks he has a lot of power. He's one of those kind of people that... This He's a lot of buttons. Well,
0: he has a commodity that he can control, so he yes. does have some power, which is interesting. Because um, who wants
1: to watch a a war movie about Sahara desert in the middle of the summer while you're in the war? And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know that I have a whole lot else actually, because you know we. It, it it touches on a couple of things, but, but I don't think there's codeine. a really serious... Yeah, they do. How do they do that? Do you remember?
1: Oh, I know how. They had um, Potter tried to get coding. He, in fact, he called it his daily coding call hmm. to say, hey, you sent us placebos instead of coding. And they said, no, unless you can prove to us that those are placebos, we're not sending you any. So he called and said they were stolen. And... Then they replaced them because they'll replace stolen pills because hey, you had codeine, someone stole it. We'll replace it. But they won't replace something that they said you had
0: that you say you didn't didn't. Yeah, yeah, and so
1: was... so then Hawkeye says, I'd like to shake the hand of the people that stole this codeine. And so Potter just <laughs> reaches out <on> his hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he stole his own pills to mm-hmm. he didn't really. Yeah. It's how you have to work things in the army, or yeah. or many different places. You, yeah. You have make-it-work moments.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else before I go into some facts and nope, anachronisms? No, nope, no, go for it. Okay. Uh, to point out, in Major Frankenheimer's office, there's an air conditioner. Yes. The captains say, why am I getting cold? And it's because he has film that needs to be kept at a certain temperature. Air conditioning was around. Um... History development of electromechanical cooling in The first air conditioner designed and built in Buffalo by carrier began working on 17 July 1902 I don't know if they would have had a window model like that, but it was around so it's possible um Let's see here, another thing here that is mentioned. The Moon is Blue came out on 8 July 1953, only 19 days before the armistice was signed. The episode suggests the action took place over a considerably longer time, and there is no mention of the end of the war being in sight. It's unlikely that they would have gotten that movie. Uh, What Winchester tells Hawkeye and BJ about Boston banning pretty much anything, he says they would ban Pinocchio. The captains (laughs) don't listen. Few fun facts. The movie State Fair is mentioned and a short excerpt shown. Harry Morgan was in the 1945 production of State Fair. Harry Morgan also starred in High Noon from 1952, which was also mentioned in the episode. The title from the movie, uh, the title comes from the movie that Hawkeye and BJ want to see. The moon is blue, uh, which we mentioned. What else here? Uh looking on some of these other ones and see uh in the major frankenheimer's office he has a board of all the mash units in back of him uh it lists the 4063rd apparently that's supposed to be 8063rd so that that's uh yeah oh, okay that's a thing and One other thing that I would, I'd like to point out about this, which I pointed out to you. It's really funny when the captains show up in Frankenheimer's office and he says to them, hey, you can't go in there. And Hawkeye's about to go in and he pulls back it yeah. What?
1: Say that a little louder.
0: You can't go in there.
1: Say that a little louder.
0: You can't go in there.
1: There, now you're protected. And they went in. <laughs> they, went in. <laughs> they were just saving the kid from getting in trouble. Yeah, I like
0: that. It was cool. Um, that's all I have. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. It, it was a fun episode. It was a, another hot episode. Um, interesting. The last of the first third of the last season. Woohoo! That makes sense in my mind at least. <laughs> Guest stars recurring cast, we had Hamilton Camp as Major Frankenheimer, Sandy Helberg, who we talked about, as Corporal Bannister, Larry Ward as General Rothaker, Jeff Maxwell reprising his role as Igor Sturminski, and Jan Jordan as Nurse Baker. Production code was 1G20. Writers, Larry Belm- writer Larry Balmagia, director Charles S. Steuben. Original air date December 13, 1982. Cool.
1: I'm just trying to figure out the production codes. Okay.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm not going to try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can. I'm not going to. Uh, since this is our second of back-to-back episodes, my throat is getting raw from talking this long. That happens.
1: And we're getting drunk. No, I'm okay. I'm sobering <laughs> up. If you're still getting
0: drunk, you might want to consider things because okay. <laughs> that shouldn't be happening. You stopped drinking a while ago. All right, um thank you for tuning in, thank you for listening, uh, putting up with us, whether this is your first episode or you're a return listener. Either way, if you want to stay current with what we're doing, please head over to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. Go to the podcast link. Go to the Whiskey and Mash page. they on the Whiskey and Mash page. That's narclaninc.com slash Whiskey and Mash. On that page, there are two links at the top. One is our email link. You can email us directly here at the podcast. I don't know that anybody's taken advantage of that yet. The other link is to our Facebook account, facebook.com slash Whiskey and Mash. on that page. You can like us, follow us, because every time I put up a new episode... I copy over the synopsis to our Facebook page so that you will be uh, notified in your Facebook feed that we've put out a new episode it also I also put a link back to our website of the raw mp3 f- file and that file on the web page we have all of our back episodes there as mp3s on our website so that you can watch those or stream them directly from the website uh, you, you can download them to your favorite MP3 playing device as well. Otherwise, if you do the podcast thing, you can hover, head over to your favorite podcast application such as Apple Podcast or uh, uh, whatever. I can't remember the other one for Apple and we're on borrowed time because you need to get going for a walk. Uh, otherwise, head over to Stitcher or your favorite podcast application on the Android pa- platform or probably Windows as well. I have an Android. I don't know if Windows has an app store that has a podcast. They must. Search for Whiskey and Mash subscribe so that you get all of our new episodes downloaded directly to your device I think that's my normal spiel
1: Okay, go pack go
0: Go pack go, time for a game so we're going to get going, I'm Chris I'm Gloria, we'll see you next time
1: Have a great week What time does the show start? Am I going to be really late?
0: What? what the time does the game? game? I think it's 3.30 Oh. That was what Google told me Oh yeah, thanks Google. (laughs) Thank you the Google. Thank you all the Google. Have a good week everyone.